Today's show is brought to you by Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance, and you can do it all right from your phone. It only takes a couple of minutes, so head to policygenius.com to get your quotes and apply today. And our last sponsor today is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, enter the code LASTS. God called us to be disciplers, whether that is with your biological children or um, other people in your life, like to pour ourselves out for people. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. And welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about faith, culture, and answer your questions. Oh, my goodness. Back again. Hope you guys are doing well. We're in your earpiece somewhere at the gym, in the car, on a walk, while you're in a different continent or country than the, the U.S. <laughs> I don't know. But this is part two. Yes, of Q&A. But yeah, what were you going to say? But before we do Q&A, I want to do a fun little hot seat with Jeff. Oh. So I'm going to say a word. What, 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 why just to do? be fun. Like a little icebreaker. What is this? Ellen? Let's do it. It's like youth group. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to say a word and say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Except I don't really have my words. So <laughs> just give me a second. Okay. Steak. Best thing ever. And uh, reverse sear in the Camp Chef grill. Sear on the uh, the sear grill after. Like, guys, oh, yes. And, and mastery. I've almost reached mastery level of searing a perfect steak. You're uh, supposed to just say one word. No, you didn't say that. You said first thought. Uh, I'd say ribeye, too, by the way, is the way you have to go. If you guys, guys, and then cast iron. Oh, give me a start. Okay. Okay. Marvel. Love. Huge Marvel fan. I'd probably say... What else You're would just I... supposed to say one word. I know. Word. I'm trying to think of the first... No. I, I can't do yeah, one, word. one word. I'll do one thought. The I'll do, first I'll do, word. I'll do my first thought that hops into the my head. The first word that no. comes to your mind. <laughs> no. 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 I, I'm, okay. I'm, well, that's good for Marvel. You love uh, it. Iron Man. That's, yeah. Iron Man. And okay. the new Spider-Man. I like those guys. Okay. Go. Amazon. Um, Conflicted because of how oh. amazing and easy it is to... Uh, like it's one of the only things that actually can deliver things we need here in Hawaii, but some of their corporate global monstrous practices. Oh, that is a quandary. Kombucha. Um, I like calling it booch. <laughs> Poop. Whoa, why were... <laughs> uh, kids. <laughs> yes. Immediately what I think of. I changed what, two today? Three, yeah. Uh, um, okay. Sorry, lost momentum. Back at it. Snorkeling. Uh, phenomenal wor- whole world under the sea. In so, times. Um, Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. School. Uh, unschooling. Hmm. Um, Portland. Uh, best coffee, best food, uh, interesting smell and people. <laughs> Mountains. But I used to live there, so that's like I'm talking about myself. I can say, I can say that. Mountains. Um, home. We're from in the Northwest. Books. Uh, 
literally God's gift to humanity. <laughs> just what a cherish, what an amazing thing. Books are amazing. Conflict. Let's do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our marriage right there. Yeah, okay. With that, let's go into. Um, that was fun. Do Thanks. you want to do, do me? I <laughs> want to, but you really want to though. I do. I actually would, but I'm not good at the the word. Like I'm not good, so we'll try that on a future one where I can actually look up ones for you. Okay. So deal. you have a better actual experience because the experience is based on what the, I say the words are. Right. And I don't. I'm not good at that part, but I will give you a better <laughs> version of that in the future. Okay. Um, Stacia, how do you pursue community after moving to a new place? It's a really good question. Um, yeah, we've had to do this a couple times in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say first, at least realize that it takes years. I know mm-hmm. it sounds bad, but I think you move expecting like just to, it to be just like, even if you're doing all the right things, if you're yeah. going and checking out churches, if you're getting in a small group, if it you're- It takes a while to yeah, go you'll, deep You might be able to be in a relationship pretty quick, but I would say to be like at that comfortable level of what community is so palpable and powerful for, usually takes three to four years at least, I think. Yeah. Um, it does, that's what it's taken for us like a multiple times over. So. Uh, and then it kind of locks into place if you keep pursuing it. So I'd say be mm-hmm. faithful, do that. And I would say, yeah, church is a really, big, I, I, I mean, yeah, I would say church is actually one of the best places to like mm-hmm. be in community because that's you want to be in, you know, if we're the family of God, then be a part of the family of God in a micro way, in a city, in a neighborhood. And so hopefully they have, you know, small groups and stuff like that. And I would say don't be, don't be narrow-minded with what you think community should look like. Be open to how God wants to put you in a new place. Mm-hmm to who's coming to you, who wants to spend time with you, what doors he's opening, who you've met. And then also try to be multi-generational too. Like don't just try to get community of, you know, friends that look like you and talk like you, but maybe older people to pour into, maybe, or I mean, younger people to pour into, older people to pour into you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, what would you say? Yeah, um, I would say pray, pray, pray. Ask the Lord for community, ask him for courage because it is, it takes a lot of courage to pursue people and to go to the event and be available and say yes and to persevere in it. Um, yeah. So that's the first one. The second one is a great way to pursue community is just like having people over for dinner. And don't be sad if you don't get invited to dinner, but just be faithful to um. think of a family or a couple to invite over for dinner once a week, um, once every other week, whatever you guys can do. Small group is a really great way to go deep with people because you're mm-hmm. doing life with people. You're seeing them weekly. Um, you're talking about heart issues and studying the word together. So I feel like, and even if it's not necessarily the people you would choose as your best friends, um, you really do like become a family and yeah. um, are there for each other. So that's a great option. Um what if you feel like you get a little stuck where you're trying, but it's not maybe going that well? Oh, yeah, which was totally, man, I totally get that. Or, yeah, you feel stuck in a relationship or you feel rejected because you keep asking and they say no. And so that's when I think just to really um, constantly be praying and asking the Lord and asking him who he wants you to pursue and to be the pursuer. I think we have to be the pursuers. And that's not always fun. A lot of times we want to be pursued, but to constantly be thinking, how can I be a friend to somebody who needs a friend who, um, and I think the Lord blesses that. And so, um, yeah, that's good. Stacia, that's a good question. Um, snapshot of wellness. Um, Good to see you again. You're always chatting with us. Um, kind of a parlay off of the community question. I'd love to hear you discuss how community changes as you go through various seasons because this one's really mm-hmm. true too. 
meaning like, you know, like you can kind of hang out all yeah, these times, totally. but then you can't when you have kids and mm-hmm. maybe or when you get married or so how have we kind of gone through the flex of that? Yeah. And it's so true because even it's like um, when you get married, your friends kind of change and then we start having kids, your friends change. And then if you, you know, there's the dynamic of like, well, the husbands really get along with each other, but the wives don't. Or maybe there's a season where the kids don't really get along. And so it's not always enjoyable or um, people just aren't as available. They're walking through things. So totally, there are definitely seasons that you go through with community. Um, what would you say to it, though? <laughs> Give me just a second to think. I would say, I think a couple things. One, and I don't think we just hang out with people that, again, look like us and talk like us and act like us, but there's a general majority when you're in community that's usually you're doing life with people in similar seasons to you. And so I think, like, let that be okay. I know what I mean by that is sometimes, like, let's say, let's say you get married first and you have a bunch of single friends. You know, still make every effort, invite them over, integrate, have dinner, all that stuff. But if they're, if they're like, but also be okay that it, there might be an adjustment if you guys now are in two very different seasons mm-hmm. when before it was a lot easier to be in community when you were in the exact same season. Yeah. So I think just be okay with that rather than like, and maybe grieve it even a little if you Sometimes want. Sometimes you do need to grieve it. Hey guys, I want to take another break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Policy Genius. They're awesome. Many of you don't know, September is actually National Life Insurance Awareness Month coming up, and most people aren't aware of that. In fact, most people aren't aware that they need life insurance at all. That's why 40% of Americans don't have it. But me and Alyssa do have it, and we've had it for a couple years. And it doesn't need to be difficult or expensive, and that's where Policy Genius comes in. Right now, the prices are actually the lowest they've been in 20 years, which is really cool. So Policy Genius is the easiest way to shop for life insurance online. In just minutes, you can compare quotes from all the top insurers to find your best price. And once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And it doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. So if you need life insurance, but you just haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month is a good time to start. So go to policygenius.com, get quotes and apply in minutes, and you can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policygenius.com the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. I think that one is is important. I think where it really changes and where it's more more like adaptable and fickle is once you have kids. Because then I feel like your seasons are even shorter. You're more just like, hey, in this little three to four month season, we're going to be like this. You Mm -hmm. know, in community, we're going to have to, we're going to pull really back. You know, no to parties, no to dinners. Then the next season, you know, three months later, you might be in like, hey, we really want to, you know, integrate more, be around more, get our kids involved in more stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that one goes up and down a lot more. And so then to do that, you have to be really, I think, spirit led of what does your team actually need if you're yeah. a family? Um, and if you're single, what do you need? What do you need in those seasons, whatever those seasons are? So I think being really sensitive to that is really important. Yeah. And I, f- I find myself praying, Lord, who are the people you want me to be pursuing right now? Who are the people you want me to be serving? Because we can't serve all the people. We can't pursue all the people. Like you kind of have to choose. I remember... um my really sweet friend Leslie showed me this diagram um, one time and it was like relationships and how, and I'm not going to get it totally right. And I know Leslie, you're probably listening, but it's kind of like a bullseye. And so like you have Mm -hmm. the center and it's like, that's like your person or your best friend or your husband or your family. And then you go out and it's like, okay, who are your three people after that that are like your inner circle? And then after that, it's like, okay, who are the five people? And then the like 10 people. And so then you can kind of prioritize too. And those people change sometimes. Like it can change sometimes. Um, And so, and she just had said like, you know, this 
these three people, if they ever ask me to do anything, I'm a yes. Or these are the three people that I'm pursuing and um, that I'm always there for. Da, da, da. The next five people are, um, if they ask me to ever hang out, I'm a yes, I'll be available, but not necessarily pursuing. And then the other ones are like, maybe just in this season right now, it's more just like when I see you at church or whatever. So I didn't say that correct and I should totally like clarify a little bit but just to give you the idea of like sitting down because seasons do change and letting that be okay and letting the lord tell you like these are the people i want you to focus on and serve and i mean i think it's biblical like jesus had his inner three Mm -hmm. his like you know he had the disciples and then he had the masses and so um i think that just kind of frees us yeah does that make sense yeah yeah and just being really spirit-filled of who am i who are we as a family supposed to pursue? Um, who are we like really called to do life with right now? And then who are ones that it's just, it looks a little different. And so that yeah. really is helpful. That's good. Okay, Mark, this one might take up the rest of the time because I feel like it's a little <clears throat> more, uh, this is a good one. This one's meaty. This will be a fun conversation. <laughs> Mark said, and we're going there. What advice do you have for a God-fearing, dedicated married couple who does not feel called to have kids? Mm-hmm specifically when the family and friends expectation is for us to have kids ASAP, LOL. That second half I totally get. uh, And that's kind of frustrating and that's hard when kind of people are putting pressure of their timetable and their vision for you on you. Um, So let's go start there and go backwards. So the first one, I think that's easier to answer of like, yeah, I think like you can, I think you can be gentle and kind with people of saying like, Hey, your vision for us is like great and helpful, but it's not, you're not the one responsible for it you know, you are Mark and your wife. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one thing is that like working backwards, like that's a very common problem, right? Um, Of like, you know, people say, when you get married, when you get married, when you have kids, I think there's part of that that's, you know, interesting and revealing. But also I think, yeah, you can just be like, you know, on our time and when the Lord calls us to or whatever. But your first half of the question, I would, this is an interesting discussion, right? What advice do you have? I guess for me, the place I would start is really, I would want to know why, like, why do you not feel called to have kids? Um, and another question I would ask is, is it a calling thing? Like, is, are you supposed to, are you called to have kids or is kids a natural, almost fundamental distinctive of a marriage right now in principle, because let me be absolutely clear that there is a million nuances of infertility Mm -hmm. of people wanting, but can't of pain of hurt of a death of a child all these different things so i will really want to when we're answering this one if you're listening i want to make sure you guys are hearing me that most of what we're talking about is in principle um that then we have to then kind of receive and interpret in a cursed broken world that jesus is putting back together but with that in mind i would still love to know the why um but but back to the principle thing i think yeah i don't necessarily think it's a calling yeah i think and and i'm gonna go real i'm gonna go kind of random and a little deep i guess if you go all, what is marriage for? What is the point of a husband and wife coming together? Mm-hmm. Right. In my opinion, it seems fairly evident in Genesis that the point of a male and a female coming together in a covenant under God is for a bunch of different reasons, but centrally about God's mission for creating order and beauty out of chaos that he creates this little garden of Eden and that he asks and then he doesn't and then the rest of the world is untamed and then the way he solves that untamedness is by is not by creating robots or a board of directors or an app or anything but the way he solves the untamedness outside of Eden which he wants to bring into fruition just like Eden is he makes a male and a female and puts them together but then he says 
integral to that, like he almost assumes that it's one entity of it is the command to then be fruitful and multiply, mm -hmm. which means you can't actually do the mission I've given you unless you realize it's a multi-century mission. It's a long, long legacy-minded mission. So that's first. I'm like, do we really believe that? Two, I think that can happen actually with biological kids or not. Mm -hmm. Like we know, and we've talked about this, we know people, we have people in our own life where they don't have kids at all, right? Some of them married in their 50s, some of them married in their 30s, and the way that they are still on mission with a multi-century vision is still very abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. And they're still making dis spiritual children. Right? Mm -hmm. They're still making disciples. So it's not just like, hey, biological children is the right answer. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think in general, that's that principle that starts playing out, you know, but still within the level of the curse. And then another thing I would say too is... Um, we're created in God's image. This is, this is a really interesting part. We're created in God's image. And right? I don't hear a lot of pastors talk about this. We're creating God's image, which means we are in his likeness. And in his likeness is he's a triune God, right? He's three and yet one. And that threeness, right, is orbiting in it. Like what it does is they all kind of, um, I don't, I'm blanking on the word right now, but the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all willingly kind of submitting to each other in mutual submission, right? And out of that submission is born like cre like us. Here's another way to put it. Like when, when the Trinity is acting like the Trinity and there's a cup involved, like if the Trinity was in the cup, I know it's a weird metaphor. If the Trinity is in the cup and when the Trinity is acting like the Trinity, it love in and of itself creates. Like then like the Trinity the love of the Trinity creates, it like overflows out of the cup. And what is that? That's us, image bearers, right? Image bearers are kind of made in God's image as overflows out of the love of the triune God itself in himself. Mm -hmm. And so if we're creating his image, then I think that's, that's the same play out is true with us and our next generation. Mm -hmm. Meaning like a male plus female is a divine representative of the triune God and that kind of dance that's happening. And true love out of it always overflows into images. Love mm -hmm. creates images. That's just what it does. That's why idolatrous love, by the way, creates images, idols, right? Mm -hmm. Every love creates images. The true love creates real images, right? And so, or like another way to put it is like icons or symbols. And so I know it's a weird way to put it, but children, in my opinion, are icons of love. Mm -hmm. They're icons of the love that was born out of, they're literally creations mm -hmm. out of the overflow of the male plus female love, right? So, and again, this is all principle, 30,000 foot level, more theological vision, not the nuance of where, you know, all of us are, you know, coming from different perspectives and can't have children and can or adopting, not adopting spiritual children. There's so many different ways this plays out. But I just think that theological perspective is really important because I think the why sometimes, and Mark, this probably might not be you guys, but I do think sometimes in our culture, we can think marriage is about ourselves. Marriage is about what we can get out of it. And not like in the selfish way of like, you know, what can I take out of the marriage? But we almost think like marriage is just like so good for like the like the couple is in and of itself. But a true love always overflows into icons. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Doesn't necessarily need to be mean biological children. I just would make sure like, is that all that kind of understood and seen? But... Hey guys, I want to tell you about the last sponsor for this week, and that is Stamps.com. You know we love Stamps.com. I've actually been using them for like five plus years, even before they started sponsoring this show. Um, and they are really, really, really awesome because basically we all know no one has time to go to the post office. If you're busy, it just feels like another chore, another errand, another thing. And Stamps.com eliminates all that by making you not have to make a trip to the post office and they save you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. So 
If you don't know what they are, basically they bring all the amazing services of the US post office rate right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, stamps.com can handle it with ease. Simply use your computer to print out official US postage 24 seven, any letter, any package, any class, anywhere you want to send. Um, and with stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail, uh, saving you time and money. So I wanna hook you guys up, you get a special offer that includes a four week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in LAST, L-A-S-T-S, stamps.com, enter LAST. Yeah. Sorry, I had, to, I had to kind of take some time to unpack some of that. that no, was thinking I think on. that was really good. Um, it's hard to fully answer because I don't know you or your wife yeah. or where you guys are at, but I do, I am curious why you don't want to have kids. And um, there can be a lot of reasons, and I'm not saying it's wrong not to have kids, um, but if you are able and, you know, whatever it is, I just feel like, um, if I can be totally honest, which is hard with this co um, question, I guess I would just um, press you to go a little further into the why, why don't you want to have kids? And because um, kids are such a gift, you know, Psalm 127 um, talks about how they are a gift from the Lord. And the Bible talks about how um, legacies and multi-generations and how like the good life is being grandparents sitting at the, t the dinner table, looking out at your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Like when it comes down to it at the end of the day, what matters is relationships and who is in your life and who you influence and who you disciple. And God called us to be disciplers, whether that is with your biological children or, um, other people in your life, like to pour ourselves out for people. And, you know, we obviously are, we have three kids, so we love kids and, um, we are hoping to have more. And it's not that I'm against birth control or any of that, or yeah, any of that, but I just am curious why, um, you don't want to have kids because they are such a joy. They're, um, they really sanctify us. They grow us. They yeah. stretch us. And they also bring so much joy to our home. Like every day yeah. I just look at my kids, even if it's been a dog gone, is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Hard day. And I feel like a bad mom or whatever it is. I just look at them. I'm like, they brought me so much joy today. Or yeah. sometimes sis, like um, when I was going through when I miscarried and was grieving for months on those days that were really hard, Kinsley would look at me and she would say something about our baby girl. And I felt like it was the spirit speaking through her to encourage my heart and just things like that. Like our children are such blessings and, um, I can't tell you the joy that I get from being their mom. And so I just say that cause sometimes I think in our culture it can we can just say like, oh, kids just take from us or yeah. they consume or it's so much money or it's so much work. But um, man, I just am so thankful that I get to be a mom and I can't imagine. Um, yeah, I just I'm really, really thankful that the Lord has 
given us these kids. And yeah. obviously, like Jeff said, there's so many nuances and um, we live in a broken world. Um, but the opportunity to pour in yeah. and raise kids that are healthy and love Jesus and love people and are mature and make wise decisions. And um, it really is one of the greatest joys of my life. And so because of that, that's why I press in a little more and be like, well, why wouldn't you want to have kids? Why, you know, and it's okay if you don't, but um, to just be questioning then like, am I living to pour myself out for others? Am I discipling somebody? Am I um, yeah. a spiritual parent to somebody and welcoming them into our home? And um, yeah. yeah, so. And I think we'll just end on that actually, uh, Mark, because I think that's a good point. And that's what I was going to say is you might be, you know, all these things we might be saying, you might be like, oh yeah, I agree. And so, you know, forgive us then because we didn't have enough nuance in the question. So maybe we're talking to someone else. And so I just really appreciate the question so that we could kind of, it could kind of spark discussion. Hopefully it was encouraging. But I think that last but point I, I was going to say. To talk ahead. about, because I think sometimes there are, oh, I've met a lot of people that are fearful of having kids. Yeah. And like, wow, that's really going to change us. It's going to be yeah. so much work. I don't want to yeah. not sleep in the night. So just to yeah. be, for have people to be totally. like, our kids are such a joy. I feel totally. like that So I would say, speaks. yeah, totally. So I, what I would end on is I think, um, basically reiterating what Alyssa said, I loved what she ended where she said like, to me, I think it's actually, yeah, I don't think it's inherently commanded. You have to have kids. But I would just make sure if you feel like the Lord is calling you to not have kids, um, make sure you are doing that kind of after you've understood the right picture of kids. Mm-hmm. That's a better way to put it, right? Yeah. Like the, the, because the American model is that kids are about draining. They're about mm-hmm. sucking life out of you and they're a drain on the resources and they're just going to make your life harder, more miserable and difficult. When the biblical narrative is that they are actually contributors, not resource drainers, mm-hmm. they're life givers, they're blessings. They're one of the primary vehicles in which you can actually ever disciple or have any opportunity to leave an impact on this earth. Um, and that sometimes can be spiritual children, but like kind of like a full discipleship of someone over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, yeah. I just think as long as you're, I think the, the biblical view of children versus the Western world's view of children are polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And so I think as long as you're understanding the biblical narrative of what I talked about in Genesis and icons and creating and what children really are, and then you feel still feel like the Lord's calling you guys to not have kids and maybe, you know, go to the mission field because of that, maybe uh, pour your life out somewhere else because of that, and maybe not, then that's totally fine. And I think I think as long as just it's, it's always good to make those decisions informed first by the proper way of seeing things, not making sure that kind of the the world's vision of things is leaking into our decision. And I will say too, to just constantly be having open hands because maybe right now is not a good time to have kids. But come a year, three, five years, you may be feeling like, wow, I really feel like the Lord wants us to have a child, like to try. And so to just constantly be giving your family over to the Lord, asking him what he wants to do with you guys as a couple and your family. That's so good. That's so good. So, Mark, we love you. I hope that was encouraging. And thank you guys so much for the episode today. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.